At the end of January, a big two-year project with, at the time, my only client came to an end. God directed me not to take any new business, and instead he gave me four things to work on, four things that didn't generate any income. One of those things was this podcast. Every weekday, I showed up at a particular coffee shop, I spent time with Holy Spirit, and just created things. I'm not going to lie, it was a big act of faith for me to turn down business and work on things that weren't helping me provide for my family. But you know what? It's turned into one of the most important seasons of my life. I've had very intimate times with Father. I've heard from Him in ways I've never heard before. I've learned a lot about myself and met some really cool people. One of those people was the coffee shop owner, Nate. Through my conversations with Nate, I've learned that Holy Spirit is very involved with the goings-on at my new beloved workspace. Apparently, Holy Spirit even makes their coffee beans taste better. Are you interested in finding about, out about it? Well, good, because we're going to talk about it in this episode. Let's get started, shall we? Hey, welcome to Chasing the Kingdom, where our goal is to provide hope and wisdom for spirit-led entrepreneurs. I'm John Balawit, and I believe God wants to use entrepreneurs to make the world better. Romans 8.19 says that the world is decaying and groaning for the revealing of God's sons and daughters. And that means the world needs you. And there are problems that can't be solved until you step into your God-given identity. If you want to stir up those gifts, then you're in the right place. Let's get hyped up for today's show. So Nate is the owner of Duo 58. About the end of January, I started working at a coffee shop that is really cute and adorable, has a lot of space, and I'd been showing up every day. Um, And recently, I had met the owner, Nate, of that said coffee shop. And we ended up talking... For three hours, I think that day, uh, it was a long time. It was very interesting. And then him and I just became friends. And I had been telling him that, you know, God has been speaking to me about uh, Psalm 24, verse 7 through 9. And in there, God calls us living gates, which the king can come walking through. It fascinates me because we have the power to actually change the atmosphere wherever we go for these living gates. And I look at Duo 58 as kind of this this gate, this gate, because I think I, I told you, Nate, that the reason why I go there wasn't for the coffee, it wasn't for the food, although those are delicious. Um, it was the atmosphere. And And you told me you thought that was interesting because from the Yelp reviews, it was the same thing. It wasn't because of the copy, which you put a lot of work into and the, and the food. A lot of it was mostly the atmosphere and people just love the vibe. Yeah, it's it's been interesting seeing how, how much that is a, like a common theme of what people, the feedback people give us. I'm walking in there over the years. Um, and um, it was it was almost accidental. I mean, even in our, the reason we have that location is because the pastor 
and his wife and their their high their at that time he was in high school their son used to go to our old location um that was about 30 minutes north a little bit smaller and they said their son would come there a lot and he felt like he could just connect with god so much easier sitting there at the coffee shop and just really enjoy the atmosphere and so they approached us about this collaborative community space they were going to build in their church plaza and and um so that was that was actually why we had that location there in a lot of ways the lord used what we had i guess developed in Oviedo. we didn't it wasn't like i don't think we actually had like a plan or an intention to like oh we're going to create this atmosphere but uh it was just a byproduct of um just learning the wisdom and the um just the importance of culture within a business within a workplace and it just and then over the almost retroactively like hindsight is 20 20 you look back and you're like oh we i guess, I guess what we were doing was we we're creating a culture that honors one another and in turn honors the lord and the things he values and and he resides where he is honored you know if you look through the the gospels like jesus loved to hang out in bethany with mary and martha lazarus you know at their house and he yeah. was honored you know um almost to the degree where even judas was you know making fun of mary for like hey you're being a little too honored you know right if he was pouring alabaster um, oil on his feet and so yeah that's just kind of like looking back that's like wow i i think i think we tapped into something almost almost unintentionally but like the lord knew like you know what he was doing and how he's guiding us and they're like hey this is going to be what what will set you apart so you weren't you weren't intentional about the atmosphere um where we just didn't maybe didn't use those we were intentional about the culture of our the employee culture very intentional about like who we would hire um and we would 10 times out of 10 we would hire somebody based on more so their character than on their skill set and um they didn't necessarily have to be a really strong christian but they needed to be honoring and humble and teachable um you could work with that and if they didn't know the lord yet a lot of times they would grow to know him while they were working there um just because of the culture is so extremely different we had people coming out of other um that had worked in culinary and hospitality and other businesses and they were just always shocked they're like this is this is so different you know than everywhere else i've ever worked and i was like oh okay and i was at that by that time i was just used to it and i had (laughs) i didn't really worked in a lot of other restaurants or cafes or anything like that um besides the one that we made so like i didn't really know (laughs) to you it's just normal this is just this is just what i do yeah um no it's it's actually encouraging and um it actually is a healthy reminder when people talk about it because it has become such a norm that um it's easy to forget that that it's not normal like that <laughs> in the, most other places it is magic it it is is absolutely magic i, I told you i've been like have, having meetings at the coffee shop and like when people 
come, they're always so shocked at how great it is in there. And I look around and I see the people that I had meetings with are coming on their own. You know, um, it really is special. I, you know, I remember you telling me that you kind of worked from the inside out with that. Um, you know, you focused on the employees. You said something that was so interesting to me. You said one time that, that in essence, how the experience of your employees is more important than the customers. Me, not, not, not saying that the customers isn't important, but you know that you were telling me you, you believe that the customers would get a certain experience if you stood up for your employees and made it a safe place for them. Could you talk about that? Yeah. Yeah. That's some, that's some wisdom that, um, I really gained from, um, uh, a gentleman named Fort Taylor who, um, has developed a, uh, like a kingdom methodology of like running businesses and, and organizations, teams, churches, sports teams, family. He said that, you know, if you put the, if your employees are first, the customer is always the customer, but the customer isn't always first. Your employees have to be first because they're the ones that you're entrusted to take care of. You're entrusted to protect and provide and care for. Um, and when you do that, they will in turn take great care of your customers. They, that culture will just trickle down from the top down. And so when employers put the customer first, it, it inadvertently communicates to the, the employee that they're kind of a means to an end. They're like a, they're not as important as the customer because the customer is the one, Hey, you know, it, it almost feels like they're devalued or, you know, only valued to the, to the extent that they can make the company money or whatnot. So when, when the employee feels valued by the employer, um, above the customer and they realize, wow, I'm on my boss's first priority, um, they'll obviously they'll they'll pass on that culture of caring for the, the person in front of them really well. And it, pro it provides a lot of protection and a kind of a sense of family that a lot of people are not used to. Um, uh, cause sometimes customers can be pretty brutal and hard on, on your employees. They can be very rude or whatnot. And sometimes you have to just, you know, just kindly and respectfully say, Hey, that's, that's not how we treat our employees here. Um, and so thankfully we've never really had to go, you know, like had, we normally have pretty amazing customers. Once in a blue moon, they'll, they'll get frustrated with something or a mistake or something that just happens as part of, you know, running a business and, you know, uh, and some things we, we try to minimize mistakes, but they just happen. And so right. we're, you know, we're always quick to take responsibility for our mistakes, but at the end of the day, whether we make a mistake or not, there's still should be honor and respect between the customers and the employees and even how I treat my employees when they make mistakes, you know, am I hard on them and I, am I, you know, you know uh, making them feel bad or shameful or like, um, 
you know, trying to use fear-based tactics to try to motivate them to not make mistakes. Um, that actually creates, you know, more stress. And a lot of times people can perform maybe short term. Some people perform a little better under stress short term, but in the long term that it's not sustainable, they can, they'll burn out fast. And, um, and, and a lot of people don't, they underperform under stress. And so if, if I'm, if I handle situations with my employees really well, it kind of, it just models what, how they should handle things when, you know, and there's a situation with a customer. So it's, yeah, it's very holistic. Like the, the culture has to be, um, cohesive. It can't be a lot of, sadly, a lot of restaurants and hospitality, um, uh, businesses have one culture like front of house and one culture back of house. Like you go yes. back to the kitchen and it's, it's, it's toxic. Yeah. Toxic. Probably <laughs> the word to put it. Um, so toxic. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people have come out of that. Yeah. That worked with us that are like, wow, this is amazing. There's absolutely no, no hint of like, we don't allow gossip. We don't allow, um, slander or like, um, any kind of foul language or anything like that, you know? Um, and when people know they're not talking bad about customers behind their back, or even if the customers like being, um, just unreasonable, you know, um, you shut that down. You shut. Yeah. yeah. We, we can, we can address it and talk respectfully about it, but not demeaning, even if they're not listening or not around. Um, and that's something that I've had to catch myself sometimes, you know, you can have people that are so it's hard. human. Yeah. Sometimes they're so like, you, you feel like if you get everything perfect, they still wouldn't be happy because they had a bad day and they just want, right. somebody. they want to vent to you. You know, you, your your employee just had happened to be the person in the line of fire when they were pulling the trigger. So uh, you just have to, you know, with that you have to bite your tongue. And sometimes you, I, I make mistakes. Sometimes I, I can be, uh, you know, careless sometimes with my words and not the apology. I shouldn't have said that, even though the customer didn't hear me. What I said, I shouldn't have talked that way. Right. If I get frustrated, um, if like an employee is doing something. And I mentioned something to a different employee or just say something out loud that was not respectful. I have to, I have to clean up my mess. And I, I tell them, I'm like, Hey, even though I'm your boss, like you, you have full permission to keep me accountable. So if you hear me yeah. say it like this, call me out, you know, and I try to catch myself, but sometimes. See, that's leadership. I really believe that's leadership and that's another subject, but like I, um, I, I've been really thinking about that, how, you know, part of leadership is being held accountable. I, you know, that mindset where you told, where you just said, you know, that you value the employee, you had introduced me to your uh, business partner, Mark Lewis, um, who will be on the podcast we're trying to schedule, but, um, he, he articulated that as well. And. I remember him saying that every time someone applies at his business and he has a very, for the listeners, he's a very successful businessman. This guy is doing something so different and doing it so right. Um, 
but he was saying like every employee, he looks at them as a blessing from God. So he tries to steward them, even if they leave the the company, he doesn't end the relationship. Um, even if he has to fire them, he doesn't end the relationship. He gets them the help that they need, whether that be counseling, whether that mean, you know, money, uh, but he does, he just doesn't give up on them. And the results speak for themselves. Uh, he was saying in his industry, the turnover rate is so bad. It's about 60%. Um, his is 1%. He has a 1% uh, turnover ratio. Um, and it just shows that when you treat people more than a number, uh, you know, in business, you, it, you, you, it's really easy to do that, but you're, you're taking that stance and you are looking at your employees as blessings. People are noticing it. Um, I think you even mentioned there was like a, uh, um, and it, there was like a Muslim mother who came in and asked you, Hey, I love what you're doing here. Um, can my daughter work here? I, uh, she could work other places, but I just feel really safe here. Yeah. Yeah. She was, um, a nursing student. So she would come in and study all the time and she just noticed the culture and the way our employees treat one another, the way they treat the customer. And she said she had a daughter who had a, yeah, had a, a disability. And so she had a, at one point she had a, a job for a short amount of time, I guess at Publix, which is a pretty, pretty nice place, like an establishment. But, um, she said she didn't even trust her there. Like she pulled her out. She's very protective. And so she was, her daughter's 28, but she's at home all the time because, you know, she, she just didn't like feel like she could be in a, there was a place that was safe enough for her to like, like be out and, and learn job skills and learn social skills and, and whatnot in a safe environment where people wouldn't take advantage or, or make fun of any of her disabilities. And so, um, yeah, she, she's like, Hey, my daughter, can she, can she work it? You don't even have to pay her. I just want her to be with your staff, like to, to learn and, you know, um, to just, yeah, be around your team. They're just so great. And, um, so yeah, it was really sweet and endearing and, um, and, and opportunities like that happen quite often where just because of the culture, like people see the difference. You don't have to try to advertise it. You don't have to try to market it. It just, people sense like there's something, these people actually care about me. Um, you know, they, they care, they love their job. They love each other. This is different. You know, um, I don't think people are, ironically, people, it seems like people aren't used to like employees caring about each other, like, and really enjoying working with each other. And it's, and sometimes like we'll have employees that they, instead of clocking out and booking it, they'll like clock out and hang out. Like they'll just get a book and just hang out there at the cafe, you know? And this, uh, and sometimes it's like, it's, it's hard for them to remember when they're working, when they're not working, you know? And so it's like, it's such a, you know, we, and we want that. We want people to, you know, to work hard when they're on the clock, but like, but also to, at the same time, I almost feel like they're not at work like it's it doesn't it shouldn't feel like oh gosh this is a job maybe there's tasks that are 
less, you know, washing dishes, busting tables, taking up trash, things like that, that aren't glamorous, you know, it's not the fun part of running a cafe, but at the same time, they know they're serving each other, they're serving one another. And so even that we, we try to talk about that as work is, is worship. It's work is, um, is a way that you show your love to the Lord work is a way you show your love towards each other. Um, and so even working with excellence, you know, or everyone's not just hanging out and goofing off and just having a good time, but they're, they're actually working hard and they want to improve things. They want to do things better, uh, because that, that shows it, it helps us to love people better, you know, right. ways. and also, um, if we find ways to do things faster or more streamlined without compromising quality, it gives us a little bit more relational bandwidth to connect with customers uh, between orders and whatnot. So we're constantly looking at ways to do that. Like how do we, how do we, you know, increase those, uh, opportunities to connect with people where they're at? Cause sometimes, you know, some of our, our staff are just really, um, you know, the Lord really speaks to them about certain customers. And, and so, we give them full permission to like, Hey, you know, respectfully, you can ask if, if they need prayer. And a lot of times the customer will be like, yeah, I actually really do need prayer. I'm like, oh, so they actually pray for, pray for clients or customers. Yeah. 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 We've, that's amazing. Yeah. Well, we've had quite a few testimonies where the customers are literally in tears, like next to the counter and just like the Lord's just really encountering them and touching them and ministering to them. Um, there was one couple that walks through the doors and uh, this is I think last year and um one of our employees Tasia she she'd been we've been praying that people would just even just walking through the doors they would experience the Lord just in um, greater measures and this couple walks through the door and I guess um, they looked at each other and they're like do, do you feel that they're like yeah they order their coffee they sit down they drink the coffee and then they come up to the 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 bar and they're like asked our our employee Tasia like where do you guys get your coffee and we told them um we got it from back then we got it from a, a roaster that also had their own coffee shop um in town and they're like oh we we've been to that coffee shop where your roaster you know has their own shop and you use the same beans, but these it just tastes so much better here. Like what what's different? You mix it taste better. <laughs> Try to she's like, uh like honestly, they have like even more expensive equipment, like they have top of line everything, like like there's no practical reason why it should taste better here. But she's like, I we, we pray over the food, like like we bless it, like um, you know, she's trying to like give them some kind of reason why they, they they're like it tastes so much better they're like why is it and and when she mentioned something about prayer they're like oh man we knew something was up when we walked through that door like i just they they're like we've looked at each other we're like wow you feel that we just sensed the lord as soon as we walked through the door and wow. she's wow that's awesome she's like i was just praying that i could pray for somebody like do you guys need prayer for anything and they they're like, yeah, we just moved here from South America. We're pastors and we want to so like all the plan the church here. But, you know, the, the husband, like he, I guess, had a really bad ear infection or something bad that was ongoing that 
they were both worship leaders too. And he had to leave the room when the music, the worship music was going because the loud, the, the loud music was like pain, too painful for his ears. And it was just really hard on them on not being able to worship together. Um, and so she prayed for his ears and they're just, they're crying and they're just like, the Lord was just touching them. And it was so cool. They, they look over, they see some people in line at that point and <laughs> say, so they're like, we should let you get back to work. But like, wow, this is amazing. Like this was completely, you know, life transforming, you know, and, and it's just so cool. They came in there for a cup of coffee and they got really, they got to encounter the Lord, you know, and in a, in a unique way. And our staff felt comfortable and empowered to like step out and follow the Lord with that. Um, which is really couldn't ask for anything better. Like at the end of the day, anyone, you can be an atheist, um, and serve some of the best coffee and food out there. Like, but I, um, like Moses said with, when he was taking the kid, the, the children of Israel through the wilderness, um, you know, and the Lord was like, I don't, I don't know if <laughs> this is going to work. Right? Like, I'll send you, I'll send an angel with you to the promised land. And Moses was like, no, if you don't go with us, like your presence, like what will, what will distinguish us from every other nation? Like what, oh. like, you know, and, and I, when I heard that, um, our pastor talking about that at church, um, probably about a year or two ago, I was like, it was almost like the Lord's like, that's it. That's, that's your, um, what do they call it in business terms? Just like kind of your, what sets you apart as a business from your, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Uh, your value proposition or like your, I know what you mean. <laughs> what is your, what is your angle? What is your strength? Basically. Yeah, what's, what's your unique, uh, the unique value proposition. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure there's, there's, probably a handful of terms for that um right comment on that all the businessmen that know all the, the lingo um, let's please not time oh, this is an entrepreneurial podcast but let's not be so suited up and like we are laid back over here <laughs> but 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 nate you, you know so i dude there's an anointing on you and i'm actually getting chills right now my um my hairs are standing up because i feel holy spirit you know, this is your lane. This is your anointing. I believe in a tangible difference when God has his hand on on a person that any everyone will feel. Everyone, even if they're not saved, they're human. They have a spirit. They have a soul. They have a body. Uh, and when God puts his hand on somebody people tell can tell there's a difference and and, and it reminds me of the uh, the story of Moses after spending time with God and he went down they had to put a veil on top of him because he his face was glowing and that is why we are living gates like it says in Psalm 24 we are actually living gates that the king is waiting to walk through and then when we enter into a room where this gate with the possibility of the king walking through us and entering into that room. And I think I think you've done like that at Duo 58. It's there. Like people notice it. Uh, like some of the guys who are going there, who I met over there and they're continuing to go there, they don't even believe in God. And uh, 
but they said there's something different here. We're going to keep coming here. That's awesome. Yeah, it's like, uh, it's, it's kind of a fun challenge to, um, you know, there's a lot of businesses that will self proclaim to be a Christian business or whatnot. But I, I remember a friend be like, well, I don't think you can have a Christian business. I don't think you can baptize a business. Like what, <laughs> you know, he, uh, I was like, yeah, there, you can have Christians that run a business, but the business itself, I don't think can be a Christian. I think you have to be a human being to be a Christian. And so for some reason, I think it can sometimes be, I don't know, sometimes it can, it's not always this way, but I think sometimes it can be an easy, almost taking the easy ride to just put a cross and a fish up and then some Bible verses on the wall. And be like, okay, we're a Christian business, and um, and but not actually, but the staff that don't necessarily embody the character of Christ, or like, um, and His presence isn't necessarily like really tangible in that place. Um, maybe it is, and I'm not saying all businesses that do that, but it can be an easy crutch, I think, to lean on to have yes. external, the impersonal expressions of Christianity that are coming from a person. Um, I sometimes think about like when Jesus was on earth, like did his disciples have Jesus t-shirts, like say, Hey, <laughs> like, you no, know, or did they just like, Oh no, they recognized that they were, they had been with Jesus, not cause they had a, a cross, um, necklace and a Jesus shirt on and, uh, a cool like fish tattoo on their wrist, you know, and, and Jesus coffee mugs. <laughs> yes. Uh, what would Jesus do? Bracelets. Yeah, exactly. So none of those things are wrong. And um, I'm, some businesses, you know, they're very overt about that. Um, and that's just what they're called to do. And, and they should do that. Um, I've just kind of felt like there, there's kind of a, a hole or a, a void, at least in our culture in America, where people, um, unfortunately have had just enough bad taste of christianity maybe it's misconstrued through media or news or whatnot or maybe they went to you know a church that maybe didn't really sadly embody who jesus was or his presence and so they got kind of maybe they got some harsh religion they got some really bad associations with christianity and so to enable to be able to get to reach that almost like, um, you know, unreached people group, so to speak, that's just down the street from us in America of right. people would never step foot in a church. They would never like maybe explore Christianity and yet they're still hungry for that. They don't realize it, but they, they mm-hmm. want Jesus and they want to know the real Jesus and they want a real faith and a real relationship with God. And so they kind of know what they're looking for in some ways because it's it's built inside of them, and yet they have these preconceived notions about Christianity in their head. And so, as a business that's not overtly Christian, that's not like you know crosses and Bible verses everywhere, but it's more of the culture, the people they experience Jesus through a person um, versus through just uh, a cute quote that's on you know the the wall or something as they walk in or the doors you know um i just think that's 
you know, I think if more businesses did that, um, yeah. and really like, Hey, we want people to know about like who Jesus is when they experience, they, they rub shoulders with us. Um, and we get to serve them as a customer or as a, um, a contractor or vendor or whatever. Um, they know something's different and, and our, our life speaks loudly and not that we're ashamed to like say Jesus or anything. We're definitely not, you know, whatsoever, but right. that, that they would experience it through a person versus through an inanimate object or just a, something that's right. or whatnot. So that's kind of like been a challenge over the years where we, I really kind of felt that, um, personally for our business that, Hey, there's a lot of people out there that that they they're looking and they're searching they just they've avoided christianity because they thought it was something that it's actually not right yeah to dispel those, those they have to experience it and and I, I i really believe that that what's missing in this world is encounters you could we could have all the teaching we could have all you know the buzzwords and and like like you said, the t-shirts and all that stuff. Um, I purposely, you won't see me wear the fish sign or stuff like that. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with that and to each his own. But I don't, for myself, it challenges me to live a certain way. Um, and if someone can't tell that I'm Christian eventually by how I'm acting or at least tell that there's a difference, then I'm doing something wrong. Um, I, I don't, and I'm not saying everybody does this, but I think people, some people are using that stuff as a crutch. Um, but nothing beats time alone with Jesus. And if you do that enough, other people will feel it. It's just going to, they're just going to feel just like, you know, your, or your coffee shop. You're not overtly Christian. In fact, I didn't know that you guys were Christian until someone told me, but it, you could tell there's a difference here. Could you tell, um, talk about some of the stuff, practical stuff that you did to build that culture within your employees? Yeah, a lot of what goes on behind the scenes, like our staff meetings, we sometimes our staff meetings will just will t turn them into prayer meetings, you know, um, or worship. We'll just we'll bring some instruments and we'll just worship for hours, and and it's really cool to see like your employees not they're at work after hours and worshiping, and they don't want to go home because the Lord is just so present there. Um, so just even that geographical space. Um, I actually had an employee just recently share that they, I don't know if it was like a vision or a dream or something, but they were like, can I share this with you? I'm like, sure. And they're like, I feel like this cafe space is almost like the, the spot where Jacob laid down on that rock and had that dream of like this ladder from heaven. And it was almost like this special geographical location where the Lord is kind of just encountered people in that spot and there was i believe it you know where where people through prayer and through just how they the culture that's been built and the history that's there that they they create this this 
geographic location that people walk into and are don't realize what they're walking into and know, you know that the that the Lord is there, you know, that he you know, um just creating a, a place that welcomes the Lord, that where he feels honored and welcome there. And so protecting that I think practically just you know, if there is conflict, which when there's people there will be conflict. Um just walking through that with forgiveness and with humility um and not trying to just brush things under the rug to kind of oh we got to get back to work and this and that let's talk through this let's work through things not not just for our relationship because but because this this is what the lord wants is we're his children and it matters to him how his children treat one another and just how um how the Holy Spirit came down like a dove, you know, not like a pigeon or a parrot or, you know, <laughs> a dove, like, and, and doves are very um, sensitive creatures, like any Sutton's movements will startle the fly, you know, and so there would be an intentionality and, and the carefulness to how we speak and how we treat one another. And so, um, yeah, so I think that's just really, um, it just applies. It trickles down to every little thing, every nuance. Um, you actually went into covenant with one another, right? Like you had like this agreement. Yeah. yeah so that's something, um, again, for Taylor, he's, um, uh, one thing that he teaches in his transformational leadership courses is social covenant. Um, and it's really just kind of boils down to like, how do we want to be treated? Cause the, you know, Jesus says, treat other people the way you want to be treated. So people have like this innate, whether they're Christian or not, they have this like something inside of them. That's like, this is how a human should be treated. And it's cause that's how they want to be treated. They want to be treated with respect and honor and kindness and like the forgiveness when they make mistakes, they want to be forgiven. They want to be, um, not gossiped about, you know, they, all these things. And so, um, so we'll go through, um, and you know, when we have new employees, we'll have to do it again. Um, so we need, we have some new hires and stuff, so we'll have to do this, um, soon again, but like, just how do we want to be treated? And then, um, so we just list those things out and nine times out of 10, they're regardless of who it is in the room, it's almost always the same, like maybe 20 things or synonyms are very similar, you know, um, and it's just stuff that honestly, if you were to look at the Bible and, and how the Bible says to treat one another, it's all the same. Whether, it's all there. <laughs> whether they're an atheist or they were raised in the church, it's all, it all turns out to be a, pretty much the same, um, which is really cool that the law, it's like the laws are written on our hearts. We know how to treat one another at the end of the day. We don't always do that well. And sometimes we need accountability. So part of that social covenant is like, Okay, how do we want to be treated? And then what happens if we don't do this? It's like how I was gonna ask you. I was like, what happens? <laughs> um, so that's fun. Like how what should we do if somebody doesn't do this? So again, people come up with, you know, the general consensus is like, uh, go talk to that person. Okay, great. Okay, so we're not gonna talk to somebody else that's not involved in the problem and vent to them how say Jane 
you know, yelled at me when I overcooked, you know, the food that she needed to make for the customer, you know, like, or I dropped it on the phone, you know, like she yelled at me. So I'm not going to go talk to Joe about how Jane like yelled at me. I'm going to go talk to Jane and be like, Hey Jane, like earlier when I, I dropped that food, um, I, I know it was a mistake. I'm so sorry. Um, and I'll be more careful next time. But the way you spoke to me, I didn't feel respected. And we remember the covenant. Like we said, we all wanted to be respected and spoken kindly towards. And I just didn't feel that like, um, and so I just wanted to share that with you. Um, and now Jane has an opportunity like, okay, well, part of the covenant I signed, if I broke this, if I broke the covenant, I would do this, this apology, which is like multiple steps. Say the, the person that Jane spoke poorly to her name is Rebecca, Rebecca. I, you know, we would say like, I'm, I, I yelled at you. I'm sorry. That was wrong. You know, will you forgive me? And is there anything else, you know? Um, it really is that simple, right? And is there anything else that I did? Like, oh, actually, you know, you might, maybe, or when I, you know, you know, I, I, you know, I did X, Y, Z, like that was, you know, there was this response or something, or I, 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 I walked in the room and I heard you saying something about me that wasn't very kind to so, so you know, like, and we're like, oh, well, I'm sorry, you know. And so there's like what to do, how to clean up the mess, you know. Right. And it's very intentional. And part of the apology too is, will you keep me accountable not to do that again, you know? And so there's built-in accountability in that. And so we all agreed to do that as a team, from the boss to this new hire, you know. Everyone agrees to treat each other this way. They agree what to do if they've broken the covenant and they've they've wronged somebody how to clean that up and if that person's like if jane's like i wasn't mean to you and rebecca's like yeah you you were oh no i didn't feel me i didn't feel like it was mean at all i was and so what do you do in that situation well and that uh, pretty much nine times out of ten everyone's like we'll bring somebody else along okay so you bring a third party maybe joe, joe was standing in the room when jane yelled at rebecca it's like, hey, Joe, can you can you help us work through this? Um, like, I felt like earlier, like, you know, Jane kind of kind of snapped at me and I felt like it was kind of disrespectful. Like, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Like, maybe I was just oversensitive, but I just that's how I felt like it was communicated, you know. And Joe might be like, yeah, actually, it, it kind of was, you know. Jane, you need to, you need to apologize. That was, it was just, you know, it was kind of rude the way you spoke to her. Or maybe, maybe it wasn't, maybe she's, maybe she was just speaking normally and Joe's like, Hey, Rebecca, actually, she, she actually was very gracious. And maybe in your mind, you just altered that as the, like you just, you know, processed her responses being rude or disrespectful because maybe past issues or, you know. Sometimes people can have those filters. So when you have that third party, you know, they can help walk through. And and then part of the covenant is like, well, if you still can't work through it, you bring it before the group. 
I don't know if even Fort Taylor has been doing this for many years with a lot of organizations. He's like, it really, it's like, I could probably count on one hand the amount of times that that'll come before. It usually gets squashed before then. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's normally nine times out of 10, the person who realizes they were wrong. They just, they don't want, they don't want to or <laughs> the whole group and have it worked out. But as a team, it's like, well, what else do you do? Like, we need to do that, you know, to work through that because we care about, we, we've signed that we actually will, we want to treat each other this way and we, we will actually be willing to be uncomfortable or even slightly embarrassed to, to, to be able to work through it. Even if it's like, right. and in our culture, I think a lot of times we just avoid conflict. We, you know, we don't, a lot of times people at that point, they just, they just like want to just part ways and like whatever i don't want to deal with this and i'm going to go find a new job but if they know hey this these people actually care about me and my well-being and they're willing to change and grow it can be a huge not only you know, for think of the culture but for that person individually it could change their marriage it can change their relationship right. it's if they realize oh i need a this is like actually a life skill i need to be able to clean up my messes you know, what's weird is you were talking, I was thinking about personal relationships that, you know, I, I felt could have been saved if, if we did that. <laughs> um, you know, it, it's interesting. I, I kept thinking of that, that saying, have you heard simple, but hard? Yeah. So like, this is something that's really simple, you know, come into agreement about how everyone wants to be treated and then communicate when it doesn't happen, you know? Um, and that's simple. It is simple, but man, it's hard because you have to be disciplined. And, but um, yeah, I wish, I wish the church would do that in personal relationships. Let's go into quickly about the history of Duo. How did you start? And how did it end up here? <laughs> Gosh, that's a yeah. The, the story. Maybe, or is, is that is that another is that another episode? Because we could is that it could be. Um, it's it's a pretty crazy roller coaster, honestly. How we started and how we got to where we're at. Um, I jokingly say, if I knew where we would be today when I started, I probably would have freaked out. Never, I never wanted to start in the beginning, you know, because I would have. Been like, oh no, this is way too much. I can't. I... You know, it's funny because um, uh, my, my friend was like, "I'm going to start a food truck," and I remembered what you said, and and I was like, "Dude, I don't think you understand what it takes to to start a food truck." And I I heard your voice, <laughs> and he was just like, he started thinking, "Okay, should I should I do this now?" <laughs> yeah, culinary is not for the faint of heart. It it is it is a very unique industry. I mean, you're dealing with uh, a combination of very perishable products that, if you don't use them within a certain amount of time, you have to throw them out. Um, which is very unique to that industry. I mean, if you're selling T-shirts or software and it doesn't sell that week, then you just sell it the next week. You know, um, food is 
sadly a lot of most food you have to throw out within a week if it's not used up um you never know how many people are going to just walk in the door and want something made for their order within a very short amount of time with very little advance notice yeah. um i mean if you're printing t-shirts and somebody walked in the door and was like hey i want a hundred t-shirts in an hour you'd be like um it's going to take a couple days for us to set this up and do that, you know? Um, so it's even, even just with that industry in, in general, um, it's very, it can be very stressful, very taxing. Um, and there's a huge high, high turnover. Like it's, you know, I think one out of two restaurants fail within the first two years. Yeah. Uh, so it's it very small margins. Um, and, um, from somebody who worked almost their, their whole career and retired in culinary, they said they'd never met somebody who worked in it for more than three years that came out of a different industry. Three years was the most before burnout. And she freaked out when she heard I was, I had come out of teaching mass and then some other things before I got into culinary. And she's like, how long have you done it? I was like, I don't know. At that point, it was like eight years. She's like, what? She's like, that's crazy. I had never met one person that lasted more than three years. And she'd been working in the industry maybe 40 some odd years. Do you think it's because you, you think of it more as a calling? Is that why you blasted? <laughs> yeah, I, th- I, th- I think a lot of times. Because honestly, there's many times when I just, there's, um, you know, if you're just doing it for the money and the amount of work you put into it, man, I it would be so much easier to make with the same amount of effort and time, like to make a lot more in a different industry. But at the same time, there's a level of like um, intangible benefits and um, just what do you call it? Just Maybe it's not money in the bank, but there's there's relationships and there's people's lives and impacts that not to say you can't have that in other industries, but this is what the Lord's called me to do. So obviously like he he knows that like he knows the cost, you know, he knows how hard it's gonna be. But he also is challenging me. I'm I'm a very I like to push the envelope with things and challenge norms in a lot of ways. And so I've kind of uh realize that you know maybe there's different ways to do this whole thing called hospitality and culinary and like maybe we've put it in boxes that have not been maybe it's served customers okay but the employees suffer you know they either work long 100 hour weeks just to make ends meet or they're something has to change right yeah yeah so that's kind of been an ongoing challenge for myself Sounds like it's time to go. <laughs> I'm going to keep this, by the way. I'm not. I'm not editing this out. <laughs> hey, I'm keeping that. <laughs> but um, Nathan, I, you know, I just want to say I appreciate you, man. Um, you built something really, really special, and I'm going to keep working from there. And uh, I look forward also to, to getting to know you better. So I, I really appreciate you showing up on the podcast. Hey, I hope you liked the show. If you got something from it and want to bless me back, leave a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and also subscribe to my channel. 
If you want to connect with me on social media, my Instagram is at kingdom.moves. I pray that God gives you hope and that you step into everything he's got planned for you. Peace. Peace.